0: So, you heard last time about how God, God had some pointed words for Saul. Do you remember what God told Samuel to tell Saul after his, his latest infraction? Yeah. What did he tell him? Uh, somebody else is going to rule and that so you. Yeah, not only that, he said, Who is. Saul, bye bye. He said, I've, I've taken the kingdom away from you and <clears throat> given it to your neighbor who is better than you. That's what <clears throat> God said. Now that word from God to Saul, <laughs> I think, is going to ha- really sh- frame and shape a lot, of what, a lot of what the Bible tells us about David and a lot of the reasons why Saul is such a jerk to David. <laughs> because, you remember what God, Samuel told, said to Saul, though you are little in your own eyes, God has made you king. Saul, I think, is a very insecure person. What I mean by that is, he doesn't think much of what God has promised him and said to him and given him. He's too focused on, I can't do this, I'm too bad at this, I'm too little at this, no one likes me, he's always worried about stuff like that. And that was ultimately why he didn't make a very good king because when you're insecure like that, it can make you kind of like overreact and like try too hard to like prove that you're great. And I think that's some of what Saul was doing. And with David, Saul, remember, God told Saul, I've given to your neighbor who is better than you. And throughout the stories about David, what we see over and over and over again is that God is right. That David is better than Saul. And Saul is going to see this in lots of ways. He is going to see the people think David is better than him. He is going to think, he's going to see his children think David is better than Jonathan. him. Jonathan and Michael. But Jonathan likes him. Jonathan as a friend and Michael as David's wife. And he's he's not going to like it. So God said that to Saul and he said, I've, you have given the kingdom of your neighbor is better than you. So remember, God told Saul, Samuel, um, <laughs> I've rejected Saul from being king. I'm picking someone else. And Samuel told Saul, you're never going to see me again. And he didn't see him again until the day, it says he didn't see him again until the day of his death. So then, the next chapter, God tells Samuel who he's going to anoint to be the next king. And as we know already, that's David. So he says... Is da- is- which David are you talking about? The one that got funded, the-, the only David. Oh, no, honey, do you think about Daniel? There's Daniel oh, There's Daniel. David. There's only one David, actually, I think. I think there is literally only one David in the entire Bible. Sometimes but you have Daniel does sound like David. Yeah. Sometimes you have like famous people in the Bible, and then you have somebody else with the same name who's just David. Oh. There's only there's only ever been two Davids. There's King David and there's me. That's it. <laughs> no one else with that name has ever existed. Just kidding. There's actually another David Udy. He's like a second or third cousin of mine. His name is David Matthew Ute. So So God says to Saul. Stop grieving, sorry, God says to Samuel, quit grieving over Saul. I've rejected him. Time for a new king. Or time to anoint a new king, anyway. He says, fill your horn with oil and go. Go to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Remember, we heard about Bethlehem. Bethlehem is where the love story of Ruth and Boaz takes place. And remember Ruth and Boaz had a son named Obed and Obed had a baby Um. named Jesse. And this is that Jesse. So he says, Go to the house of Jesse the Bethlehemite. I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Look at the way God says it. I have provided for myself. So God chose the king, and the king's role as king is for God. He doesn't say, I've provided you a king, or i provided Israel a king. He will be the king over Israel. But it is, God says, for myself. All right, so Samuel says, Well, how am I going to do that? If Saul hears about this, if Saul hears that I'm going to anoint him the next king, He's going to kill me. So the Lord said, you know, take a heifer and say that you're going to sacrifice to the Lord and you do have a sacrifice to the Lord and don't worry about it. So Samuel does that and he goes there and he says, I've come to have a sacrifice and he brought Jesse and his sons. And when they came, he looked on the oldest son and his name was Eliab. And he thought, this has got to be the Lord's anointed. I mean, look at this guy, right? He looks like a king. And God said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance, or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. What does that mean? What does it mean, man looks on the outward appearance, Anastasia? Um, it means, like, how they look, and if they look like something, but, um, when you If look, they look like what? Like, if they look strong, or if they look smart. Yeah. Like, man looks at the outward things. That could be being handsome. It could be being strong. It could be having beautiful hair. It could be uh, being really smart, like you said. It could be a wizard at math. It could be being really charismatic. That means, like, when you're, like, people are like, well, that guy's a good leader. I want to follow that guy. He's really interesting. He's really cool. He's really nice. Whatever. Okay, those are all outward things. And being those things isn't bad. But people... Like us, when we look at people, those are the things we look at. And the reason that those are the things that we look at is that those are the things we can see. But the Lord looks at the heart. What does that mean? He looks at what we are looking for. And what is it that God is looking for in our hearts? Faith. Faith. Yeah, that means the Lord sees faith in the heart. One time David wrote this. He said, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, these, O oh God, you will not despise. A broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's what humility is. Now that might seem like it's the same as Saul. Remember he said to him, though you are little in your own eyes, that's not though. Saul was always thinking about himself. Humility doesn't, somebody said this once, humility doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. By thinking less of yourself, I mean thinking, oh, I'm bad at this, I'm bad at that, I'm bad at this. That's not what humility means. Because when you're thinking less of yourself, you're still thinking about yourself all the time instead of thinking about God or about other people. Instead, the quote says, humility is thinking about yourself less less often. So you don't have to think, oh, I'm dead and everything. You just aren't thinking about yourself so often. So Saul thought little of himself, but he was thinking about himself a lot. In that quote from David, which happens way later in his life, by the way, after he's seen some stuff and done some stuff, but we'll get to that. He's saying that what God's looking for is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. A broken spirit is a spirit that says to God, I'm a sinner so it sees itself like it really is and it's sorry for sin but that means it's also looking to Christ so all right so God says not that guy all right and it's also interesting that the things that made Samuel think that Eliab looked like a really good king were the same kind of things that the, that at first it seemed like would make Saul a good king remember when Saul going to be king it talked about how tall he was see like among animals, like, if there was, like, a pack of gorillas, and uh, when you have, like, a pack of gorillas, I think it's gorillas, they always, like, figure out who's their leader, and they figure out who's their leader by which one of them, like, beats up all the other ones. The most, <laughs> yeah. Right? Those are animals. I've read them. Sometimes people try to act like that way, too. But that's not how this is going to work. All right. So then the next son comes, and his name is Abinadab. And God said, no, not him. And then Shamma, and he said, nah, nah. And then all of his sons passed before Samuel, seven sons. And Samuel said to Jesse, God didn't choose any of these. And he said, Are all your sons here? Because he's like, God told me I was gonna knight one of your kings, or one of your sons to be king. And then all your sons went past me, and God was like, nah, none of these guys are the guy. So like, am I missing something? Do you, are you is there like is there one missing somewhere? Did you lose a child somewhere? <laughs> And Jesse Is says, yeah. Jesse says, oh, no, no, no. It's just David. But he's out there keeping the sheep. So he, he's the youngest son. And he thought he was, you know, he's thinking, oh, somebody's got to watch the sheep, right? And he's thinking he's probably the least important one because he's the youngest <laughs> one. He's just a boy. So he didn't even have him, doesn't even have him come up. So he says, call him. I'm not going to leave. right? right? I'm not going to sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him. And it says he was ruddy. That means red-cheeked. And he had beautiful eyes. (laughs) And he was handsome. (laughs) Maybe that's why I got my name. I don't know. I'm just (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) All right, and the Lord said... Arise, anoint him, for this is he. So we took the horn of oil and anointed him, which means he would pour the oil on his head. It says, in the midst of his brothers. So they all saw this. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. So, remember, David was a shepherd. And that's going to matter. <laughs> a lot of things in David's life are going to be... Uh, like compared to that and a lot of the ways that we look at him as king is going to be compared to that and it's also one of the big reasons why why we talk about jesus being a shepherd anyway so at that time the spirit of the lord when it went to david it departed from saul and instead a harmful spirit from the lord tormented saul so saul would kind of like in a really bad mood, but it was it was from a harmful spirit. He was being basically tormented by a demon, and his servants were like, "Man, this is really bad. This harmful spirit's tormenting you. Well, you should find somebody who can play the lyre really well. A lyre is a little bit like a guitar. It's a stringed instrument. All right. And then when this harmful spirit is there, he plays the music and it'll soothe you. It'll help you feel better. So he said, "All right, let's find somebody." And one of the young men said. I have seen this one son of Jesse the Bethlehemite who is really good at playing the liar and he is a man of valor that means he's brave he is a man oh of war so J- David's really young but he's he already has a reputation of being very uh, like really good in battle he's also he says he's prudent in speech that means that he he speaks wisely he doesn't just say foolish and dumb things the second they come into his mind right <laughs> This sounds like a really good guy, right? He's a man of good presence. Like, he, I don't know if that means he can command the room or does it mean he like he's Santa Claus, he gives people good presents? No, it's a different word, not presence, but presence. And this is the most important part. Part. It says the Lord is with him. So, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, "Send me your son David who is with the sheep." So, Saul does not know yet that David is the guy who's been anointed to be king after him. So, it's kind of ironic, right? So now David's going to get this like time spent in court in the presence of the king that'll help him give him some training and like, different things. Like that, like, you're, the guy that is playing yeah. this thing for you He's going to take yep. all the things that you yep. own Yep. Oh, you're gonna, like, He's not going to take them. God's going to give them to him. And that's the other thing. This is the biggest part. Po- this is the biggest point in why David is better than Saul, as we'll see. David loves and loyally serves Saul. He never rebels against Saul in any way whatsoever and faithfully serves Saul as the Lord's anointed as long as Saul is alive. So Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them with David, his son, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service and Saul loved him greatly. And he became Saul's armor bearer. So like when they would fight, David would go out with him and it would help him. And he would be like, a, Armor Bear was probably a little bit of like a bodyguard too. So he's a great warrior. He's a great musician. He's wise. And Saul sent Je- to Jesse saying, let David remain in my service because he's found favor in my sight. And whenever that harmful spirit from God was on Saul, David would play the lyre, and Saul was refreshed and would feel better. And the harmful spirit would depart from him. Well, that'll be another time. So, so far everything's fine between David and Saul. Saul's so like, this guy's the best. He's, he's a great fighter, he's great with music, he's a great musician, everything's fine so far. Right? But it's setting it up. Yeah.